So Aaron asked if I would read Isaiah chapter 43 this morning. But now, this is what the Lord says, he who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you. I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who was called by my name, whom I created from my glory, whom I formed and made. Lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the peoples assemble. Which of their gods foretold, foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witnesses to prove they were right so that others may hear and say it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed I, and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your king, this is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Yet you have not called on me, Jacob. You have not wearied yourself for me, Israel. You have not brought me sheep for burnt offerings, nor honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burdened you with grain offerings, nor wearied you with demands for incense. You have not 
bought any fragrant calamus for me or lavished on me the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. Your first father sinned. Those I sent to teach you rebelled against me. So I disgraced the dignitaries of your temple. I consigned Jacob to destruction and Israel to scorn. God, there is there's a lot in that passage. Um, and we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that, that each time we read it um, and we hear it, it's living and active. Um, and something that we have read time and time again can speak something new because of your Holy Spirit. So God, I pray that you would open our ears to hear what you are saying to us through your word this morning. One word from you can change everything. So God, we just pray that you would prepare our hearts to hear what you have for us today through your word. Bless Aaron as she shares his thoughts, God. Um, Thank you that you are our God and we are your people and you have led us um, into a beautiful inheritance. God, thank you that you are the redeemer um, of the past and that you lead us into a glorious future with you. We just pray your blessing um, on the sermon this morning um, and your Holy Spirit to be moving in our minds and hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. I wish that it was some divine revelation that we decided to look at this text this morning. But in fact, I was thinking about a new year and transitions and new seasons. And I looked at uh, my wife and said, what uh, texts come to mind for you? And, And she mentioned Isaiah 43. And without giving it much thought, I said that one, and my reasoning was that I'd been meeting with uh, Bob Snow for some number of months, and one of the first things he asked me was if I'd ever preached out of the Old Testament, and the answer was no. And so this gave me the perfect opportunity (laughs) to give a word out of the Old Testament. So I I took it, I grabbed it, and I said, "Woo, let's go. And I'm really excited that I did. We all experience seasons of transitions, right? We've all experienced it. I know just a few people amongst us who have talked to me about transitions they're going through right now. And I've experienced, I think in the last three years, uh, probably a dozen transitions. And that's been, uh, it's provided challenges, it's provided sorrow, it's provided joy. But through all of it, I've been able to embrace the fact that God is good and he is doing good things today. Amen? I'm so appreciative that Bill came up and shared about the good things that God has done in his life. And he, in that, is bearing witness to the good things God is doing, like we were reading about this morning. And as I listened to John talking about the different seasons that we've been in in the church and, and, and the things God has done, and, but also the hurt that's happened, um, and us walking through these different transitions and doing it 
exceptionally, is so important. And here we are again as a church going through a season of transition. On Thursday, I was in the office working with Jody, and it was the last, uh, it was Jim's last day. And he came in, and we covered some things, and then he handed in his keys and uh, handed in Crystal's keys, kind of collected his last things, and he left. And Jody asked me if I was sad in that moment. And in the moment, I said, no, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for what God's going to do, for what he's doing. And then I got out to my car, and I started the car, and I sat there for a second, and I thought about the fact that I that office was Jim in my office for three years. It was Jim's office for like 10-ish years. And, and suddenly sorrow hit. And I, I, was, I was grieving this shift, this transition. But while grieving it, I am still enthusiastic and excited for what God is doing in this new season. It's important, and the kind of the focus part of this text, it's important that we are present in what God is doing today. It's important that we're present in what God is doing today. What's beautiful about some of these older texts is that you get to see in writing God fulfilling prophecies. As, as Isaiah's talking, uh, God's speaking through Isaiah to Israel, he talks about Babylon and he talks about what, what's going to happen to Babylon. Well, as far as I understand, Babylon wasn't even a world power at this point. It wouldn't have even been on the radar. So what's Babylon? Oh, okay. But here God is speaking through Isaiah and saying, there's going to be this huge power and, 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 and people are, I'm going to redeem you from them. Um, and at this point, they weren't even a thing. So it's cool to watch that play out and to think about the relevance of this message to the tribe of Judah um, for Israel when they were in exile in Babylon because they knew, right, that there was going to be freedom. Some of them living exclusively in Babylon culture. Many generations separated from anything different. They're 50 years old and they were born in Babylon. But here we are with a promise of something new, something different. The portion of the text I am going to focus on today is 16 through 19. So we'll read that for you again. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness 
and streams in the wastelands. New things. Oftentimes when we talk about new things, and I've even heard people reference this particular text talking about the new things, they're talking about moving away from something bad, right? You know, we've, we've uh, whether, you know, like John was talking about forgiveness and whether we're holding on to hurt, whether we're holding on to pain, whether we're holding on to bad relationships, whatever it may be. Maybe we're breaking away from some form of idolatry into a new thing. And, and so we have this idea, and that, that's, a, that's a good and true idea. That's not what this text is talking about. I think if you're talking about it in that way, moving away from a bad thing into a new thing, I think there's a lot of great texts for that. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I am new. It's a new day. The old is gone. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. That is speaking to a moving away from the flesh, sin, the devil, into the new, the good that God, that Christ has for us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope, moving away from the bad into the good. And John actually used this text this morning, but I'm going to look at it again in Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses, cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, moving out of the bad and into the good. This is really an important thing for us to grab hold on. But I don't think the text we're looking at today is necessarily the text you want to look at for this particular truth. It is true. And I want to encourage you as we come into this year, if there is hurt or bad relationships, like John was saying, praying into and being still and listening to God about what he wants to change in you for the good, for the new. See Christ glorified, magnified in our actions, in our love. I'm sure there's plenty of those things in our life. But what we're talking about today is a little different. What God is speaking to Israel about is an incredible expression of his greatness and authority in all creation. He's saying to Israel, remember when you were stuck up against a giant barrier 
And I removed the barrier, and I let you through, and then I used the barrier to destroy your enemies. Wow. Now forget it. I'm doing a new thing. That huge barrier is now going to be a blessing. The water that you need in the wilderness, I'm now going to provide to sustain life. What I used to destroy, I am going to use to bring life in the wilderness. And it's going to be new. But the issue for Israel is they were so focused on this moment in the Exodus. And everything in them was thinking about this being the apex of God's glory and power and miraculous movement that they couldn't see what he was doing now. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with folks who talk about sweet things from yesterday. Right? Can you relate? Have you had some of those conversations? Man, back in the 70s when we were meeting in houses or meeting in the theater, wow, God was moving powerfully. I'm not dissing that. But I'm saying the lesson for Israel was that they needed to focus on today. God didn't disappear in the 70s. You know, we saw some incredible movements of God. And I don't know what inspired those movements, the Holy Spirit. I mean, I do know what inspired those movements, but, but I don't know, you know, why we don't see the exact same thing today. But what I do know is that God didn't stop working. So we can look at the Billy Graham Crusades and say, wow, that looks like a Red Sea movement. But if we're fixated on that and trying to usher that Red Sea moment into today, into today, we might be missing that God's trying to create life in a new way. What I want to ask this morning of you, this is first we're going to start with the personal. What is God saying to you moving into this new year? As we spent some time quiet, what is God saying to you as we move into this new year? Is there a place in your life where you've been stuck? Are there expectations that you have? of how God is going to move or what that's going to look like that may be in getting in the way of the new things that he wants to do in you today. Jesus reiterates this, the importance of this, when uh, people are asking about what, uh, it's in Luke, uh, Luke 9 People are asking Jesus, what, what do I need to do to follow you? What's it going to take? 
Uh, one man says, uh, I want to follow you, but I need to go bury my dad. And Jesus says, let the bed, dead bury the dead. Come, follow me. Another man says, I've got to uh, say goodbye to my family. And Jesus is like, well, we're going this way. It's, it's time to go. So, you know, don't look back. Don't look back. And he kind of summarizes it. Jesus summarizes this in uh, Luke 9, 62. He says this. No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Hmm. Well, that's hard. That's a hard thing to think about, isn't it? I think that it's, I think that, uh, it's easy to take this and go someplace that we don't need to go and assume that, you know, the past has no value. And that's not what's being said here. But it is important that we're present, we're listening, we're looking, and we're asking, God, what are you doing today? What do you want to do in me? Don't get stuck in the past. We're in a season here at this church where we're going through with this community a season of transition. Jim's left and we're going through leadership transitions and a lot of questions come into our minds. What is our heritage as a church? Who are we? as a community, and what is God doing through this community in this season? I have been incredibly blessed to see God do amazing things in this community for many decades. I was around, although I can't claim to remember a whole lot, in the 80s, in the 90s, and then again after 2010. And God has done amazing things through this community. As John was saying, there's a lot of hurt. There are mistakes. There will be more. You can count on it because we're people, right? But he's done amazing things. And I want to say that, like, I've tasted and seen the fruit of the ministries in this church for 30-ish years of my life. And it was good. God was doing good things. And he was faithful through the ministry of his people. But I think as a community, we need to be present in today. As a community, we need to be looking around us at the community around us and say, what is God doing today? What are the needs today that we can fulfill as his people, bringing glory to his name in action, in word, and in deed? And I'm not saying we don't learn from the past. That wouldn't be a biblical statement. And I'm not saying 
that the past can't increase our faith today. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that if our eyes are fixed on the things that were, we can cause ourselves to miss out on the greater blessings that God has in store for us this very day. If we fixate ourselves on the things that were, then we can miss out on the things that are and the things that are coming. But it's important that as a community, we are present in today. We are listening to God and we are focusing. What is God doing with, in, and through us this day? I want to invite the worship team up. I am, I'm blessed to be serving in the role that I'm serving in here at this church, and I'm excited. I'm really excited for what God is doing here. I'm excited for the people that I get to serve with. They're great people. They're really, really great people with a, a wide array of gifts and abilities and passions. And boy, I'm excited for what God's going to do in this community for his glory in our surrounding community. I'm really excited about that. But something that we need to be focusing on in order to enjoy what God is doing today, we need to stop looking back on what was. I've had a lot of conversations and there's a lot of baggage from past experiences of hurt or looking back and being like, we need to experience a move of God like this. There's relationships that still need mending. And so as we move into this year, let's be active as a community and individually in owning the baggage and letting it go, in looking and learning from the experiences and the glories that God has shown us through our past to go forward and engage with the glory that God has for us in his present. Amen? Amen. Let's worship together. Oh, Kim has something she wants to share. Go for it. Um, yeah, so as um, Aaron was preaching, I just had some, some thoughts going through my mind. And as I was reading the passage from Isaiah with you all earlier, um, it really it stood out to me that right before um, Isaiah says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past, he recalls the exodus through the Red Sea. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about the exodus through the Red Sea. Um, in my struggles with mental illness, I, I can relate with where the, the Israel's, uh, Israelites found themselves, um, between a rock and a hard place, wanting to go back um, instead of forward. Um, and even there, you know, they were there with Moses standing at the Red Sea. It looked impossible to go forward, but behind them, the army was coming. And they're like, Moses, why did you even bring us out of Egypt 
was, were there not enough graves there? Did you bring us out to die in the desert? Why wouldn't you just leave us alone and let us be slaves and work for the Egyptians? Um, and we too, a lot of times want to go back because it feels safer. Um, they wanted to go back because it felt safe. Mm. Um, whether, you know, for us, maybe that's addiction uh, or certain thought patterns or unhealthy relationship dynamics, but people like homeostasis, even when that homeostasis is messed up, it just, it's what you get used to. Um, and we like certainty more than uncertainty, even if certainty is slavery. Mm. Um, but in, I think it's Exodus 14, 14, Moses says, uh, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And another translation is, for still is silent. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be silent. Um, and God's going to do the work. And then you need to walk. That's it. It's not that hard. It takes faith, but watch what God's going to do. Don't go back. It's persuasive. It's inviting. It feels safe. But really, the future, there's freedom, and there's hope, and there's joy, and there's peace for you in the future.